Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. This is the Unfiltered Entrepreneur. My name is Ashley Pollard. Here you will find business tips, entrepreneurial advice, and an honest account of mistakes I make along the way. I will also have some friends along for the ride who can add in their own experience, obstacles, and what we can all learn from each other. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely road, but not in my circle. We are all in this together. Hey guys, welcome back to The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard. I'm the founder and CEO of Team AP Consulting, where we help women every single day grow their business, scale to the success that they want, and to do so with confidence and data-driven strategy. Today, I want to talk through all of the different points you need to consider when you're hiring and growing a team. Some things we're going to touch on today are the difference between internal and external hires, why that is important, how I find new talent, the interview process, different things that you need in place in order to effectively work with your team, and different things to consider as a leader of a team. The first thing that I really want to target more than anything is this notion that hiring a big team takes a lot off your plate. Hiring a team, I cannot say this enough. I say this every single time I talk about teams. Anytime you hire, you are not removing work. You're changing the work. So what I mean by that is you may not be actively doing the work, but you may need to edit. You may need to manage the process. You may need to provide feedback. You may need to oversee something. So when you start hiring, you become a manager, not a doer necessarily. For some people, that's ideal. I love to manage teams. I love to cultivate talent. I like to work with a group of people. Um, I obviously love to do the service-based work, the forward-facing consumer work, but I really do like running a team. It's something that I have significant experience in, that I've been trained in, that I've gone to seminars about uh, throughout all of my corporate career. So having a team, running a team, that's something that I actually really enjoy. I've always had a team underneath me. So doing so in my business has been really great. But what's interesting is that it creates work for you. And I don't think people get that. For instance, if I were to hire a social media manager, which I have, right? I have a social media manager. We still collaborate very closely on my posts. We analyze the stats. I you know, have to see everything before it's posted. So I'll edit it and maybe like add in some words or take some things out or like make sure it's in my voice and that kind of thing. So I am not handing that off completely. Now, I will say I'm doing maybe 10% of the work, right? But I still need to manage and oversee that. I can't just let it fall to the wayside. I want to be involved in it. Um, So that's one example. The second thing is let's say you hired an assistant 
you're not necessarily going to like remove any tasks from your plate. Like you'll hand them off, of course, but you'll still want to make sure that it gets done. And I think a lot of people think that they're going to hire and then they get 10 hours back because they're paying someone for 10 hours of work. And that's just not the case. So going into this, I want you to understand that the benefits of having a team are still massive, right? And I'm going to tell you the two big ones that come to mind for me. One it does allow you to take on more client work, right? So I am able to take on to take on tons of client work because I'm not focusing on a lot of different aspects of my business. I'm able to show up in ways that feel good to me. However, one of the things that people also don't understand about team building, and I'm kind of making a case against it, but I just want it to be for the right person, is that you'll make more money as a solopreneur as you will with a team of five or six. I'm telling you right now, the salary I pay myself is way lower than you think it is. And that's okay for me, which it brings me to my second point why I love having a team is that what I'm cultivating and what I'm building and what I knew would take two years to build is a business that I can be a little bit less involved in. I see a future of Team AP Consulting where we are serving clients in so many different ways. We're serving website design clients, we're serving branding clients, copywriting, funnel builds, Dubsado experts, strategy, growth, launches. Like I see that. And because I'm doing what I can to cultivate the talent within our business, I have some of the smartest and best people working at Team AP Consulting serving my clients so that one day, if somebody wanted to come in and work with someone on my team, I don't necessarily have to be involved, but I can make some money from that because this is the building that I'm the business that I'm building. What I'm creating is something that down the line, I can collect a check monthly for $5,000 or $10,000 on a monthly basis and simply oversee the process. Now, it's a very slow thing to grow, right? It's not something you can do overnight. It's not something I want to just like drop and walk away from. There is not a time in my immediate short-term, you know, 2022 future where I stop taking clients altogether. But you may see me giving more clients to team members and cultivating that talent and creating more opportunities of different divisions of our business so that our space can be a one-stop shop. That's one of the reasons that I love building an agency is that I can remove myself one day knowing that I'm not the reason that you're coming to me. It is us, which is the reason that you're coming to me. Another really great reason why you may want to hire a team is if you want to have like a junior version of you. Maybe you want a junior copywriter or a junior website designer. You may want like a junior version of you. And this is where you have to start deciding, do I want an internal team or an external team. And when you're hiring an internal team, this is definitely a space where you can hand off projects. You can say, I'm going to hire a VA to manage some of these kind of like tedious tasks. I'm going to hire a social media manager to run my social. I'm going to hire an OBM to oversee my business. There's many different things that you can do in a digital space where you really are passing off projects, which is great. Granted, again, still participating, still overseeing processes, still editing different work and things like that. That's when you have an internal team. An internal team is helping you grow your business.
The other way that you can build a business or build a team that supports your business is hiring what you could call an external team. And that external team is going to be client-facing, which you know, in our business would be our copywriter, our launch manager, our funnel builder, our CRM expert, our website and brand designer, where you can come and work with one of those people under the Team AP roof and they are on my team. They're supporting my clients. They're not supporting the growth of my business. So with that said, those two differences are quite drastic. If you are just starting to build a team, I would start with an internal team, something that can support you. So, you know, Maybe there are one-off services where you get your onboarding processes cleaned up. Maybe it's somebody to create the backend system that you use so that it's a very clean process. Maybe it is a brand and web designer for a one-time project to elevate your business. Like It could be a multiple different things that you hire for that like internal work. Help me level up, right? If you are past that stage, if you are maybe, you know, really trying to build out more of an agency build of your business, you're going to want to consider what are my external business hires and what are my internal business hires. I will say it's way more affordable to have external hires than it is to have internal hires. And why is that? Because when you have an internal hire, let's say I charge $1,000 for a service, I'm getting paid the $1,000. I then have to turn around and pay different people who are supporting me to make that $1,000. Now, when you have external hires like hire my junior copywriter or my junior strategist or hire our brand and web designer or whatever it is, what you would do is you would hire somebody who fits into a budget of where you're, of a dollar amount you want to make so that you can make some money and they can make some money. For instance, when we go into brand and web design and selling that service, it might be a little bit more expensive to work with us than to work with them individually because you will get a strategy call with a strategist of Team AP Consulting and you'll get that brand and web design. And that's a way that we can ensure that we're making a little bit of money on top of that service. So basically, you don't get paid unless they get paid or they don't get paid unless you get paid. So you don't really owe them anything unless work is actively being done. That is one thing to consider with an external hire versus an internal hire. This is way easier to do visually, but I'm hoping that you follow. The next thing that I want to talk about is finding talent. Personally, I've had a really great experience finding people online. I typically try in different Facebook groups. I also post on my Instagram and say like, do you know anybody? I typically will send an email that's like, hey, I'm looking for new people who are interested in working with us. Fill out this form, which leads me to my second thing. If you are hiring, make sure that you write up a job description. What are you expecting? What kind of hours are you expecting? What is your budget? If you have a range of a budget, what does that range look like? What would be the deliverables you would want that person to action against? What kind of time frame are you looking for? Will this be ongoing? Will it be one time? Do you need it by a certain date? So write that job description up first because the first question you're going to get from people is like, what do you need? And if your answer is, I don't know, that's a little bit of a red flag to the service provider of like, mm, this person might not be ready to hire. I want to make sure that they're ready before they take that step. 
So that's step one. Make sure that you have your job description. Step two, one of the best things that I did when I first started hiring is I created an Airtable, of course. Uh, You get this with my Airtable templates. But in Airtable, I created a form that you fill out that kind of goes into your experience, your background. What softwares do you feel comfortable using? What softwares do you not feel comfortable using? What could you knock out of the park for me? What could you do super well? What is something you hope I would never ask you to do? I also include on there, like, what's your rate? I also think it's important to know their time zone. For instance, I personally prefer to work with people in the U.S. because if we ever do a gathering or a meetup, I would like for us to just easily be able to get together, right? Um, It's not so easy if I have someone in Australia and someone in France and someone in Canada. Not that Canada is that far, but you get what I mean. Uh, So that's something that's kind of important to me. I don't think there's any problem hiring overseas though. So if you feel compelled, by all means. I also have typically tried to find people who are in the time zone that I'm living in when I know I'm going to be working very closely with them. Now, granted, 2022, my plan is that I'm going to jump from city to city to city, TBD if I decide to keep doing that or not. So it's a little bit funny because I'm all over the place this year. But generally speaking, I would prefer to have people that are kind of like relatively in my time zone or close to it. If you know that you're not going anywhere, let's say you're in mountain time, maybe it's better for you to work with someone in Pacific because they're going to be working around the same hours as you. If you're in Pacific, it might be really tough for your whole team to be Eastern because you're going to wake up with a lot of messages. Like Those things I I think are kind of important to think about. They may not be that game-changing, especially if it's not somebody that you're going to be working with consistently. It's not that huge of a deal, but it is something that I consider a little bit. I will not say it makes or breaks anything, but it is something that I think about. I also ask people what their values are. You know, what is something that you really believe in? I like to ask people what's a cause that you could donate to if you had to pick one cause for the rest of your life. You know, it's important to me that people understand, that I understand a little bit about like what makes them tick and what they really believe in because I want to make sure that we have shared values. I do think that that's important, especially as you're building a culture. You want to make sure that you're creating a culture that people can thrive together and among each other and that there's safe spaces and things like that. The last thing that I'm going to have you consider is that you ask them, what's something that you love that I'm doing? And not only does this kind of prove that they've done their digging or that they've been around for a while, but you'll also get a sense of what they mirror in you um, as a value within themselves. For instance, if somebody says to me, you know, I just love that you're transparent, it's very easy for me to assume that person values transparency and that's why they value that within my business. So I have them fill out that form. Uh, It links into an Airtable like sheet in essence. It almost kind of looks like an Excel spreadsheet. I know you can do something similar in ClickUp. You could probably do something similar in Asana, I think. You could also do this with a Google form that goes into an Excel spreadsheet. Then when I'm on the call with them, I have multiple fields that were like hidden from that form that ask different questions. For instance, I love to ask people like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Do you have a close relationship with your family? Do you have a close relationship with your friends? And it's not that those things matter because they don't really, but it you get their anecdotes. You get some personality. And it's not that I would hire or not hire someone if they have a good relationship or a bad relationship with their family, but or their friends, or like, you know, tell me a funny story that's happened to you recently. But like something to evoke personality. To me, I really value working with people who have 
very developed personalities and are very expressive people. I like someone to say like, oh my God, the funniest thing happened. I have to tell you, da, 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 da. That's embarrassing, but whatever. Versus someone who says like, oh, I don't think I have one. Like, I just know that within the culture I'm creating, it's not personally going to work. However, if you are someone who doesn't really mind working with someone more timid, that may not be a big deal to you. It doesn't have to be at all. But that's something I typically ask, something to try to like pull out a little bit of personality. I also like to ask them things like to gauge if they're able to spin multiple plates at once. You know, how do you manage multiple clients? How would you handle if something came up on a Friday and it's due on Monday? Or like, how do you handle different responses? One, I want to make sure that they have strong boundaries because if I do potentially push against a boundary of theirs, I hope that they know where the line is so they can say, hey, Ashley, that's actually like not kosher for me. I haven't told you yet, but I wanted to tell you versus me taking advantage of someone and potentially like harming a friendship or a relationship down the line. So in short, what I would ask that you figure out is one, like generally what's their personality? Do they believe in the same kind of things as you, which I do think is actually way more important than you might think? Do you think that they would fit in with your people? That is also something that does matter. If you have you know, an audience that like really loves your personality because you're XYZ and they're going to be very client facing, do you guys have similarities? Because you want to make sure that people are showing up and experiencing the same kind of vibe that you would create with someone else. Also, would they vibe with your team? Do you have two or three hires already? If so, do you feel like they could hang out on a happy hour with all of you guys or like do a digital event together? These things do matter. And when I was hiring in the corporate world, these were things that I had to consider. You know, if I had a team of four people and we were working together every hour of every day together and going on trips together, it was going to be important to me that we could all enjoy each other, rely on each other, lean on each other. So those are things that I do really want you to consider. The next thing I wanted to go through was different steps that you can take in order to make sure that your team is set up for success. And there's three things that I think really go into this. One is really setting goals and priorities ahead of time. Two is having a very crystal clear team handbook that lays out your boundaries, your rules, your SOPs, and three, backend organization. So let's go through those. The first one that I mentioned was laying out priorities ahead of time. When I was at Prada, we had a phenomenal checks and balances system when it came to bonuses, raises, uh, making your boss happy. And this is exactly what I teach with my team bundle that is brand new and I'm so excited about, but also that I give to people in the agency model. And the idea here is sit down with your team members once a quarter, once every three months, and say, hey, listen, for the next three months, this is your priority list. Your highest priority is this. Your lowest priority is this. At the end of the quarter, you'll come back together and score it one to five. How did you do everything? The highest priority has the highest weight. So that can have the highest score. The lowest priority has the lowest weight, which means it can have the lowest score. And so basically, if somebody does the best thing, really, or the highest priority really well, they will definitely stay on the team. They might be rewarded and they can kind of like fuck up the other stuff, to be totally honest, the way that this thing is weighted. But if somebody is prioritizing the bottom two, the lowest priorities, their score is going to be so low which matters because they have not been prioritizing the top things that you have said, hey, in my business, these three things are very important. 
So it's a way to go into the quarter saying, this is how you make me happy. And if you have multiple priorities going on at once, this is a way to say, hey, this and this and this are my high priorities. And Ashley shared that with me. I'm going to make sure that you know I follow what she had recommended, which is this is the order of importance. And if there's a situation where I'm like, hey, can you do this instead? I've had a team member say, well, just so you know, like when we did discuss priorities, this was less important. And I said, okay, that's great to know. Super glad you brought that up. In that case, let's follow what we set. Or I have the opportunity to say, totally respect that. Thank you for bringing that up. In this case, let's bend it and let's go this way. But I'm glad that we talked about it at least. So we'll go into the quarter knowing these are your priorities. This is how you win with me, Ashley. During that call, I ask them the same thing. What do you need from me? And people might say, I need you to be a better, a little bit better about timelines. I need you to be more communicative about X, Y, and Z. Hey, you know, if I leave something in Slack, I'm going to need a response within 24 to 48 hours, whatever it could be, right? If you can't tell, a lot of my stuff is timeliness. <laughs> but this is their opportunity to say, also, this is how I can win better for you. It's a very open space. You have to cultivate a space where if someone's like, I really need t- better timeliness, this is the space to say, noted, I'm on it especially as the leader. It is not the space to say, well, listen, I'm going to do what I want. This is my business. And if I'm going to get it done on Thursday, I'm going to get it done on Thursday. Because that's not how you respect people that you're hiring to support you as you grow your business. So that is one thing that you know you just need to keep in mind. If you want to lead and you want to cultivate a culture within your space, you need to be open to criticism. You need to be open to their feedback. You need to create a space where they're allowed to say, hey, I need this from you. And your answer is, got it. Okay. In that call, that's what you're doing. You're saying, this is how you win with me. How can I win with you? Great. You go to work. For the next three months, you hustle, you do your thing, you get your jobs done, whatever. Then you revisit the goals and focuses that you set at the beginning of the quarter. How did we measure up? You got a four here a two here, a three here, a five here, which means your score is this. Based on the score that I created in this goals and focuses spreadsheet, that will mean that they get a raise. Maybe they get to move up a tier, which you know I'll get to in a second. Uh, maybe they get knocked down a tier. Maybe there's a performance review depending on if something goes poorly. And this way, you don't have to be the person to say, hey, I don't like that that happened. You already ironed out at the beginning of the quarter what your priorities are, what makes you happy. And together you're saying, how well did we do on these things? Because this was late all the time. I always had to ask you for this. And it specifically says that it's done behind the scenes. Or this is something that is just not really happening and I've asked for it to be done and it's never happened. And so that's not working for me, right? It kind of puts the blame on the exercise instead of you having to take the blame yourself. Depending on the score, we have a tiered system. And so this is something that's actually kind of fun about it is that there are different tiers. Maybe that means that they get a gift at a certain level. Maybe they can unlock affiliate kickbacks of 50%. Maybe they can you know, have a free trip included in their work with you that they get to fly somewhere with you and like do travel. Maybe there is a bonus, a $500 bonus or a $200 bonus. So there's different things that you can include in these goals and focuses sheets that have tiered systems that say, hey, you know, if you want to rise through the ranks within my company, 
then you need to perform at this specific level. And if not, then, you know, the score will tell us that we have to have a performance review instead of you having to say, listen, this is such an awkward conversation, but like this shit is like cannot happen again. You know, it's kind of putting the emphasis on that exercise, which is phenomenal. The second thing that you can do to win in your business and set yourself up for success is a team handbook. And this does not have to be like a 1000 page handbook. A team handbook is really there to outline these are our current services. This is who we work for and who we, you know, really connect with in our messaging. These are the people who are attracted to us. This is the work we typically say no to. You can also include in a handbook this is, you know, our values. This is what I believe within this company. Um, within mine, it talks about race and it talks about the LGBTQIA community. It talks about refugee crises um, because those are things that really are of ma- major importance to me. And it kind of outlines like my business does stand for this and I'm not going to ask where they stand. It doesn't matter to me truly all that much where they stand on those things, but I will be forthcoming in the fact that my company stands for those things. And it's a place for them to understand this is the space in which you're occupying. You don't necessarily have to agree, but know that I am going to say my company stands for these things. I also include in their boundaries. This is how you can cross the line with me. This is how to make me upset. <laughs> like these are my triggers. Don't go crazy, right? Boundaries are not like a litany of 40 things that they have to remember at all times. Otherwise, they're walking on eggshells and that person is a nightmare to work with. We don't want to be that person. Mine are three simple things, right? Put communication in Slack or Voxer, depending on where we're working. Utilize Airtable and format things in a specific way. That's really it. I want things formatted well. I want things organized in my place that I organize things. And I want communication in the space that I communicate with work. That's how I stay sane, right? Uh, Nobody has my cell phone number. Almost nobody. Almost nobody in the online space has my cell phone number. None of my clients, really. Not many people on my team because I really don't love that boundary to be crossed. I don't want to be at brunch on a Saturday and somebody texts me asking me about their business or my business. That's my time off. Let me have it, right? You don't have to have that boundary. I have that boundary, but I just wanted to share an example. The last thing I want to mention is being a leader in your space and being a leader to your organization. When you have a team, when you are creating a big team especially, you need to keep in mind the culture. And with that means a mix of different things. That means having some social events. Maybe it's a happy hour. Maybe, you know, we've done things like uh, magic, like seeing a magician on uh, Airbnb experiences online. We've done a an escape room. We did like a digital escape room, which was kind of funny. Like I said, we do happy hours. We amp each other up in Slack messages. Like it's just really cool. It's a great space. And that's something that I'm trying to cultivate is that we all have each other's backs. When so-and-so nails a project, we are all going to be like, fuck yeah, man, we're so excited for you. Look at how well you killed that. When someone goes above and beyond for a client, we want to be like, you're so incredible at this. Kudos to you. That was phenomenal work. These are the things that you can do to start to say like, in this space, we support each other and we celebrate each other. That also translates to clients. So there are times that if you are passing off work to, to people on your team to manage you know, relationships with clients, that they're going to make a mistake. And when that happens, you have to take full responsibility. 
there is a time and place to be like, listen, that's obviously something we have to work out with our processes, but it is not the place to be like, oh my God, I know she really sucks. Like she, that was so terrible. Like she's an idiot or like not even that far. Sometimes it's way more subtle where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that she messed it up. Like, wow, that, you know, that was like such a problem on our end. And you know, that that's a Rachel thing. It wasn't me. I didn't know. That's like excuses, right? As the leader, you have to say, listen, I take full responsibility. How can we clean this up? How can we fix this? And behind closed doors, you say things like, how do we make the process better so this doesn't happen next time? What was broken in the process that this didn't happen the way that it could have? Is this a client issue or a process issue? Uh, that way, those conversations are kind of held behind closed doors for two reasons. One, it does not matter who made the mistake in your business. It's your responsibility. It does not matter who it was. It doesn't matter if you were involved. It doesn't matter if you were not involved. As the leader of your company, you are at the top. You are the person who answers for the mistakes that happen underneath your umbrella. If that feels hard for you, I totally understand. It gets easier the more that you're responsible for those things. As someone who has led teams and been responsible in the past, it gets easier and easier and you develop such a thick skin that now at this point, if we do have a hiccup, I easily can step in and say, I take full responsibility. How can we fix this? We want you to be happy. We value you. Let us know what we can do to rectify the situation. It doesn't really affect me much because mistakes happen. With that, you also have to have your team members back right? So if somebody is, let's say, like berating someone on your team or really going after them, there is a time where you have to say, hey, listen, that is someone on my team. I do think you are entitled to be upset, but this is my team member. I support her. I have her back just like I have yours. And we have to stop here because this is now crossing a line, right? Let's be cognizant that we're all humans here. Let's be kind to each other, even though I know that you have every right to be upset, but like, let's not cross a line. As a leader, you have people to look out for. You have to have the back of your client, just like you have to have the back of your team. One does not supersede the other. One is not more important than the other. They both need to make sure that they're feeling supported. This happened in my business where there was a mistake that happened and we had upset a client of ours. Now, of course, I want to do everything possible that that never happens, but I would be naive to think it's never going to happen. It absolutely will. And this was an instance that it did. I reached out. I said, hey, listen, I want to explain. The, these are kinds of the things that happened that created this problem so that you're aware of the process. This is what we're doing to fix the process. But I wanted to let you know that this is my responsibility and I take responsibility for it. How can we fix it? Meanwhile, I went to the person on my team behind closed doors one-on-one -on -one, and I said, hey, listen. Things happen. I am upset that this happened, but this is not like the worst case scenario. We'll move through this. Don't be too upset about it. Let's find a solution and let's move on. And that's what leadership looks like in my experience from great leaders that I've had, from leadership conferences I've attended, is very much like keeping an even keel, not getting too emotionally involved. Of course, you want your clients happy. Step in, ask them how to make them happy. Your teammates want to feel supported. They don't want to feel like you just kicked them under the under the rug just because they made a hiccup. They had a hiccup in their service. So you reach out to them to nurture that relationship and make sure that they're feeling great. And those are some things that are really tough. There's many others that I have as examples for. I have an entire section on leadership scripts, 
within the team bundle of just tough conversations that are bound to come up. If you think that you're absolved from this happening for me, for you, it's absolutely not the case, which leads me to the fact that I want to talk really quickly about the team bundle. I'm so excited for this. I've been working on this little by little for the past six months. It is so much of what you guys have been asking for. And there are different organizational chart examples for like each archetype. Hey, you may want to hire this. You may want to hire this. We also have, I think, eight pre-written job descriptions based on people you may want to hire. We also have a margin and profitability workbook. This is the coolest part of it, to be totally honest. Not only will you be calculating how much you pay your team members on a monthly basis, making sure you have a profit on a monthly basis, but you're also going to see the profitability by service based on how many hours they've contributed, based on how many hours someone works on your project, so that you know every single product in your product suite, every single service that your team members are working on are profitable, you have a positive margin, you can pay your bills, you can pay your people, all of those kinds of fun things. You can also place your goals for each service so that you can see your annual revenue. It's a really great exercise and workbook. If you love Excel, you'll love it. You also have my application template that you can just plug into Airtable and start hiring, my interview template with all the questions that I recommend that you ask and why and what the answers will actually subconsciously tell you about that person potentially. You'll get my team handbook Canva template that I personally made. I'm really excited about it. It's actually beautiful. You'll have the performance review template so that you can have performance reviews with your team members and set those goals and focuses at the beginning of the quarter. And then finally, our leadership scripts so that you can kind of help, uh, you can kind of like take over some really challenging conversations, but do it with confidence and with ease and grace and humanity so that you're not necessarily creating a culture where people are like, scared of you. You're creating a culture where people feel nurtured by you and that they have the space to share, hey, by the way, this is something that we could be doing better. Or, hey, Ashley, I really need this for you, from you. Or, hey, Ashley, I think I might have made a mistake. I really need to talk to you. Having people come to me and say, hey, I might make, I might be making a mistake. I really need to talk to you is the best compliment someone on my team can give me. That tells me I have created a culture where people feel comfortable coming to me and saying, hey, I know that you're going to hear a mistake and maybe be triggered, but I need your help. They're asking for help. They're coming to me before a mistake gets too bad. That is so important to me. I'm not afraid of mistakes. We will make them. We will also mitigate them as much as possible. I hire smart people who hopefully don't make a plethora of mistakes, but they will happen. And having a culture of people that will come to me and share that with me is like the best thing in the world. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. My point is this team bundle is sick. I'm launching it this month in the month of March. It is $3.97 full price, but you can get $100 off with code TEAMAP so that if you want to get it this month, you absolutely can. That brings the price down to $2.97. Again, I'm so excited about this team bundle. It's amazing. It's going to be a really great team tool for you to like grow your business. If you're interested in growing a really big agency style business, I highly recommend that you come to the agency model. Now, granted, it is a lot of what the team bundle is, but we will be building it together. And a lot of team building has to be super custom to you. So if you want that super custom built out business with extreme attention to your long-term goals, your 
team that you want to build out, the kind of work that you want to do, you're going to want to be live in person for that because the trainings are insane. We go super, super deep, way custom into your business. This is a quote unquote group, but it is not a group program two to four people max. We have the next one in New York. We have one in Chicago and we have one in Miami. I will fly you out. I will put you up in a bougie hotel. I'll take you out to gorgeous dinners and I will sit with you at that table for four days while you and I, actually three days, I guess, three days while we build out your business and you do it on the spot. This is not come learn and then go home and do it. You will leave that weekend with a true agency model build out. It is absolutely amazing. It's one of my pride and joys. I'm so excited to have this. If you're not ready to build out an agency or if an agency isn't right for you, but you want to hire one or two people, totally fair. Go get the team bundle. You're going to love this. I've never seen anything like this online. It is truly my favorite thing I've ever made. Go check it out. Let me know what you think of it. I hope that this podcast answered some of your questions. I hope that this sparks your thought process about hiring and what a team looks like. Go uh, check out the team bundle, see if it's right for you. And I will see you next time on The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. Hold up. Don't leave quite yet. The good just gets better. I know it might be expensive to hire me for my services, so I've created a free way for you to get all of my best for any question you have. Click the link in the show notes to drop us a voice note, and I promise you I will answer every single one of them on the podcast for free. This has been a Fast Forward production. To learn more about them, check out at the Women Are Speaking on Instagram for more information.